Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast, and I am a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call this show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in the conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. There are also special interests that are less than enthusiastic about you knowing about the studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and help to stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and has been adopted by thousands of doctors, as well as some medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled, Are You Paying Attention to Your Body's Health Messaging System? Hi, Dr. Benz. Hi, Aubrey. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? Well, I was uh, not doing so well because I was stumped for topics today, and then I had a, a seminar that I did for a group of uh, CEOs in Chicago. And uh, on the break, uh, I guess I got back from the break a few minutes early, and somebody had their microphone turned on, and so I inadvertently heard someone say, well, uh, my cholesterol levels are okay, and I have a little bit of plaque, but it's not in a big artery, and so my doctor said not to worry about it. And I immediately, when the workshop came on again, I said, somebody was talking about their doctor and plaque. Uh, do they mind me uh, saying that I overheard that and I have something to comment? And they said, no, go ahead. So I got, I got permission to do that. And uh, I said, you know, uh, this whole idea about uh, plaque not being a, uh, an issue, I said to them, really, plaque is uh, a very dangerous thing, no matter how small or big it is. In fact, uh, if you look at uh, plaque, it can be dangerous even if it's less than 5 or 10%. Uh, of a blockage because most doctors, and in this case that doctor, probably thought that uh, that plaque had to build up until it totally blocked the artery. And that's just not the case. Uh, that plaque can be very small and th the key is if it ruptures. And if it ruptures, uh, then that plaque can then go further up the artery and cause a heart attack or a stroke. And, and so this is something where you have to have good measures of inflammation, you have to have the good ability to try to stabilize that plaque if possible and get rid of it if possible. And that weren't, those weren't any of the things that the doctor was thinking or talking about. So this message was completely misdelivered and misconstrued, even though the body was sending it in the form of this plaque that's been building up. So I was just wondering, do you talk about this in your classes and in your family about this messaging? And uh, what do you what do you do about it when you when you see a message or you see something it looks like a message but it's really not the right message? What's what's your experience with this? Yeah, we talk about in class and with clients that uh, our bodies are just constantly giving us information and content and even like the things that we think are seemingly okay like plaque or having cholesterol. Um, can be really indicative of also places that we're out of alignment or we are out of a state of balance. You know, cholesterol is naturally produced by the body. And so it's not inherently bad. And then also when we have a buildup cholesterol, um, 
and, you know, precursors to heart disease, that's really to me where there's this bigger conversation of like, that's your body trying to get your signal, the signal to you of like, hey, diet may be a lot of alignment. You may not be moving your body as much as I need it to be moved right now. Um, I think that what it speaks to is this bigger lack of true knowledge um, of intuitive wisdom around how the body operates and how the body is constantly in a state of communication with us. Yeah, I mean, in this case, you mentioned cholesterol, and, uh, and of course, everybody, that's the gold standard. If your cholesterol is okay, then, you know, you're, you're not going to have any heart problems. But we know that 50% of people who uh, have a heart attack have perfect cholesterol. And so that's a non-starter. Uh, we also, as you know, uh, you need cholesterol to make vitamin D3 and other hormones and neurotransmitters. So this is something the body needs. 70% uh, of it's made in the liver as kind of a defense because uh, it doesn't build up in the artery just because it, it wants to. It builds up because there's some damage. And these are free radicals that are missing an electron and they steal an electron from one of our cells in our arteries. And then the next thing you know, the liver says, hey, we've got to send some plaque over there to patch that up. It's like a patching material. And, and so there's a lot of misinformation in this whole equation around heart disease and uh, heart attacks and strokes. And so to me, uh, if you get one message which says, okay, uh, I have some plaque, uh, then you have to say, all right, how am I going to either stabilize that and or try to get rid of it? And so then you have to figure out the best way to do that because conventional medicine doesn't have a lot of ways. So then you can use chelation therapy with EDTA chelation or with Plaquex or with uh, hydrogen peroxide. Those are all plaque removers. And there's also supplements out now called... Uh, Arteriosil. Arteriosil actually has the proven ability to remove plaque from the arteries. And so over time, you can reduce that plaque. And also this arteriosil actually stabilizes the, uh, the, the plaque so that it doesn't erupt and cause a heart attack. And it rebuilds the epithelial lining uh, that it's attached to so that that connection is no longer prone to rupture. So these are things that not all doctors know about. And so this is the responsibility of the patient, unfortunately, to find this out. What are some of the other messages that the, that the body's sending? I know pain is one that we often talk about. That's a, that's a clear message. What do you tell your patients when they have pain? Because it's a message that there's some really serious inflammation going on there. What do you tell yeah, them? Yeah, I mean, I think with any symptomology, um, whether it's burping or having a lot of gas or having itchy skin or having under eye circles, um, you know, or even having restless leg and having insomnia or frequent headaches, I think... I teach all my clients and my students that these are all indicators of places that your body is trying to get you to pay attention. And so pain is just another one of those symptoms to look at of where there's where there could be inflammation coming into the diet or into the lifestyle. I mean, I think this is really where mind-body medicine is truly imperative, in my opinion, where it's not just about what we're eating, but it's also about what we are and we aren't drinking and where we're exposed to environmental toxins and what kind of company we keep and how we're moving our bodies. 
And that's really the importance of lifestyle medicine is that we're looking at all those dimensions of wellness. And if we're looking through the lens of the dimensions of well-being, then we're saying that any type of symptomology that arises is an indicator of your body requesting attention to come back into its own sense of alignment. And that really requires an individual to do some deep diving and exploratory work on well, what am I doing that could be contributing to the pain, the digestive distress, the lack of sleep, the frequent headaches, the high cholesterol levels. Yeah, exactly. Because if you see a pattern, uh, then a lot of good doctors will be able to say, this is probably what's happening. Uh, we have a test that we do. It's a 17 uh, nutrients that are tested. And uh, all these symptoms are listed. And then if you tick off uh, two or three or four of those symptoms and you get up to like four points worth, that's probably a deficiency. And so, uh, like you said, muscle cramps, I mean, that's a clear indication that you've got magnesium or potassium deficiencies. And so if you can do that kind of self-analysis, that's good. The doctor can do it. That's even better. Metagenics uses a, a massive symptoms analysis to uh, assess people that are going into their clinical trials because they feel that it's just as effective in terms of determining whether somebody is healthy or not as a blood test is, or a urine test, or even a genetic test, because your symptoms are what your body's doing now. And so a genetic test is the genes you were born with at, at the beginning of your life, but that changes, that's your, that's your uh, genotype. But then as you experience toxins and exercise and eating and all these other things, you, you get your epigenetics going on and now you get your phenotype. And symptoms are really an indication of your phenotype. That's how your genes and your body are reacting to what you're doing and what's, what your body's exposed to. So to me, sometimes I feel symptoms are the best indicators of what your body's up to as long as you get that message and do something with it other than go to the drugstore and take an over-the-counter drug in order to suppress the symptom or if it gets worse then you get a prescription medication and you suppress it again those are just medications that block the messaging system they're not going to resolve the problem and i think that's the problem that we've been making for the last 50 years we're treating these symptoms with the over-the-counter medications or the medications that are prescribed, and we're not paying attention to what the body's telling us, and that's why people end up with cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, diabetes, all these chronic illnesses are coming about because we're not paying attention to the early symptoms. And I, I, I don't know, I, I, what are some of the answers that you've come up with to help people pay better attention to this? Um, are there a better blood tests you're, you're, you're recommending or what's, what's the solution that we're looking for here? Well, I think, you know, you're definitely more familiar with the blood test. I really lean heavily on the power of intuition and mindfulness. Um, you know, and so going into how we treat people that have disordered eating patterns, um, and eating disorders is to help them slow down and become very mindful of what they're eating and how it's nourishing their bodies. And I think for most individuals that I work with, it's to look at the symptoms as if they're giving you information. And that means we have to be paying attention to the symptoms as they're arising. So for a lot of people that I work with, I have them keep a log or a journal where they're documenting, oh, at two o'clock on Tuesday, 
I felt this and I had ate that at 11 o'clock um, and I had moved my body at 10 o'clock where they're really keeping track of not only a dietary, but also a mental and emotional and movement log. And that can help call a person back into presence of just paying attention to their bodies. Because I think you're right, we've become very um, unconsciously aware of symptomologies. So if we have an ache, we have a pain, we have a headache, we can't sleep, we're very quick to grab a quick remedy um, and not really think anything more about that symptom having a root cause. And so for me, working with clients and teaching students, the, the true lesson, I think, is to slow down enough to pay attention to what our body is telling us and to start tracking what are the patterns that are arising. I, I love that whole idea of keeping track of it because people forget when they did eat something or when they did have a bowel movement. And I think your intuition is a good thing too because to me, the membrane of the cell is the best messaging, uh, capturing part of the body. I, I know that there have been these different tests done and different sort of studies done where they put a human cell uh, into a petri dish and then exposed it to an argument and the cell moved away from the argument. Then they exposed it to prayer and it moved towards the prayer or they exposed it to a toxin and it moved away from the toxin. It exposed it to food and moved towards the food. And so we know that the membranes have been around for millions of years, even when we were just one and two celled amoebos, amoebas, until we advanced into being adults. And these membranes are extremely sensitive. And I just think that sometimes I can be in a room and I can go near somebody and my membranes are screaming, this is a negative person. This is a person who you shouldn't even go near. And I know that's kind of freaky. It's kind of crazy, but other people tell me the same thing. And so your intuition thing, I think is part of that. And so a lot of times uh, I know that when uh, there was a book written about cancer, about, uh, stage four cancer patients and there were nine things that they did in order to get rid of their stage four cancer and of course diet and herbs and and eating better were the top couple but along in the list there somewhere was they used their intuition to guide them and so when they push got the shove and they had to make a decision about something their intuition said, I think we should do this. And that's really the body really speaking uh, to us when, when we really need it to speak. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't have that refined ability and they have to rely on blood tests and they have to rely on, on you know, urine tests and stuff like that. So I just wanted to give a couple of quick ones because if, you, if you're out of balance, as you said, your, your blood and urine will say that. So if you have a gut problem, you may have to not only have a blood test, you may have to have a breath test. And this is where they get the SIBO, the small intestine bacteria uh, overgrowth. That SIBO test is one of the best tests to determine whether you have this small intestine overgrowth, uh, bacterial overgrowth. And then for hormones, this is for, 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 I think, women of a certain age, when you get past 40 and you're either premenopausal or menopausal or postmenopausal, these hormones are way out of balance. And I don't think that the, the, the medical profession does a very good job on that because blood work isn't really a good measure of your hormones in many cases because 
blood tends to, to balance itself. Your body really knows it wants to be balanced. And so the blood will balance these hormones, whereas your saliva will not. And so the saliva is the best test uh, for, for a woman's hormones and men's hormones too, as far as that goes. And then you might want to consider plant-based hormones instead of the, the horse urine hormones. And those things go together. Uh, the saliva test and the plant-based hormones can give you an idea of, of how to balance your hormones. And of course, there's the blood work and there's the urine and, and all other things. I mean, I love the urine test, and I mentioned it before, called the 8-O-H-G-D because that's a measure of the accumulated DNA damage. Well, your symptomology won't tell you that. I mean, this, these are things that your symptomology won't always tell you, that you have all this damage that's occurred over, over the years. Well, that's where the 8-O-H-G-D urine test comes in. So people really need to, to get those tests. And other ones they need to get is like the glycomark test for glucose, the C-reactive protein for inflammation, vitamin D, which is so important for preventing cancer, and uh, the immune system just needs to know if you have enough vitamin C in your body because vitamin C fills the white blood cells and helps your immune system to function. But if you don't have enough C in your body, sugar, which has a similar uh, molecular structure, will fill the white blood cells up. And it'll look like you have high-functioning white blood cells, but they're really, you can have your immune system depleted by up to 75%. So we really need to get these doctors to do a better job of getting the right blood test and, and, and the right test of, for bacteria in your body and for d uh, DNA damage in your body. So are there any other things that you can think about that are necessary for people to, to pay attention to because is there a time when people eat something when they get a symptom from this uh, using these recording systems that you have? Uh, what's, the, what's the digestive time frame for something when it happens to a person? Well, that can be really tricky for a lot of individuals, you know, depending on how their digestive system functions. You may not see symptomologies appear for 28, 48, 72 hours afterwards. Um, that's why I think tracking for at least two weeks to a month is really essential because then you can start seeing the patterns as they're, as they're being exposed. It's not enough, in my opinion, to just track for three days because at the end of those three days, you may now start to experience, experience symptoms to something that you ate three days previously and not connect the dots. So that can be a little bit tricky on managing and monitoring the feedback around food. How, how about age, um, Aubrey? Uh, I, I know that this, uh, this ability to perceive what's going on in our bodies it changes as we age, and, and I worry about young people because young people have the ability to kind of avoid these kind of symptomology things because they have so much energy and the cells are replicating so fast that they don't get the same symptomology as someone in middle age does or someone in old age does because those cellular replacement processes are going on much slower. And, and, and I worry because all the conventional medicine messages out there says that, okay, women don't have to get a mammogram until they're like 45 or 50. And you and I both know that breast cancer starts in your mid to late 20s. And that's when you have to start getting messages to whether your body is doing something that it shouldn't do. 
And uh, people have heard me talk about the, the six stages of cellular deterioration. The cells get stressed first, then they get weakened, then they get challenged, then they get dysfunctional, then they get mutated, and then they get diseased. Well, thermography is a test for heat that actually can see 200 cells developing in a woman's breast eight to 10 years before a mammogram can see anything because a mammogram needs these four billion cells in order to see a tumor. But these, these 200 cells that are heating up, those are the precursors to cancer. And we know then that the doctor should look at, do you have toxins in your body? Uh, are you not eating properly? You're not exercising enough? Are you not getting managing your stress well enough? And with a good functional medicine doctor, they can take this thermography test and then three to six months later, they can do another one. Those 200 cells will be gone back to normal. And that, that person, that woman, actually then took the, the first steps to preventing her from getting breast cancer for the rest of her life. She, she only has to take that test like every two or three years at that age and then also measure her vitamin D3 levels because doctors will say, okay, anything below 30 or 40 nanograms per milliliter is fine. That's absolutely wrong. That's the bad message that we're, I'm talking about. If you have to get the 60 nanograms per milliliter in your blood or higher in order to get the benefit, this is where women can reduce the risk of breast cancer by 75 or 80%. So there's an example of the blood test not having the right message in it, the mammogram being the wrong test at the wrong time in that woman's life. Are there other examples that you, we can think of that where age really plays a factor in what mm. messages your body's sending you? You know, I, the PSA count comes up in my mind, but that's so vague that I don't know that that is the answer that I want to go with. Well, you know what, that for men, though, PSA is really the, the, the gold standard, even though we know that it's not a great thing. I've had people that have had PSAs up in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, and just with diet and a few other things, they got them down into the normal range again. And But it's this, this prostate-specific antigen test is the gold standard for men. And, and once you see that it's high like that, your functional medicine doctor, what is he going to do? He's going to order more tests. And then he's going to say, well, I want to do a biopsy. I want to do a biopsy uh, to see w whether you have any cancer developing. Well, to me, that's really not the way to do it, it in the first instance, because if you do have cancer and you take that biopsy and you pull it out of the body, if, if that cancer is sometimes then gets dragged out of, of the prostate and, and goes into other parts of your body, and now you have cancer spreading all over your body. And so to me, it's let's try to get the PSA down. And there's a thing called modified citrus pectin. And this comes from the, the, the peel of a grapefruit. And they modify this, they, they, they shrink it, they get the molecule, and they, they heat it, and they change the pH. And the next thing you know, if you take that for a year, um, there's been one study that showed the PSA was reduced by 70% within 12 months. And this also happens to be the same thing that if you did have cancer, it would also suppress the cancer cells, would keep them from multiplying, and would also keep uh, them from, from not only multiplying and growing, but it would kill many of them. 
And so this modified citrus pectin, you, you have to know about it though. And that's the message that we have to send to our brains either by our own research or by getting in touch with the right functional medicine doctor who knows about this particular thing. And you know, I had a doctor in Sarasota and he hadn't heard about modified citrus pectin before. I gave him the clinical information and he said, I want to order two or three cases of that immediately for my clients. And so there's just a lot of missing information out there. Uh, how about herbs? You mentioned a lot of times this ability to have herbs do this balancing uh, act that they do. And, and so these are adaptogens. And so if people are out of balance, what are some of the best adaptogens that you, that you can recommend well, if, if they're out of balance in their blood work or in, in their symptoms? I think ashwagandha is one of the first places that I go, especially when we're talking about reducing inflammation, increasing longevity, and operating as an adaptogen. Kava, maca root, and oat straw or milky oats. Um, are another's that are pretty widely accessible and you can take them in varying forms whether they're in their raw form um, where you're making a tea or you can get them powdered where you're adding them into your supplements or you can take as a tincture which will get them into your bloodstream pretty quickly um, there's a whole host of other um, adaptogens the ones that i'm really focused on right now in research is mushroom complexes specifically like lion's mane and turkey tail and reishi mushrooms um, because of their ability to augment mitochondrial function, reduce inflammation, and help with longevity um, and overall well-being. So, you know, all of the ones that I've listed are great places to start for helping support the body. Yeah, you, you mentioned the mitochondria, and it, and it seems like, you know, the new science is saying that we not only have genes in our cells, we have genes, separate uh, genetics make up in, in, in our mitochondria. And that the mitochondria might be the key. Uh, and, and there's a test that, that people can get. And I don't know whether you have a practitioner in your area or not, but the, uh, the, the electrodermal screening, EDS, is uh, a test that I used when I had my clinic. And uh, it measures the mitochondrial function in all of your organs. And so this is really, the, when you get messaging at this level, where the energy in your mitochondria is actually giving you a score that says, oh my goodness, I have elevated energy development in the mitochondria in my liver. Uh, that means that the liver is being challenged. And a lot of times blood tests won't tell you that because sometimes the blood test uh, will, will, will not uh, give you any messages until the, the liver is about 70% destroyed or diseased. We've had actual cases where people have had no liver enzymes being released uh, the year before, and then all of a sudden, liver enzymes are going crazy the next year. They get the test and find out, oh yeah, uh, we've done a biopsy here. Nine out of your 10 biopsies show that you have damage to your liver, maybe cancer. And this is crazy because you could get this analysis of your mitochondria in your liver five to 10 years before those enzymes activate. And, and, and this is one of those things that, that, that if you have these, these abilities to either measure blood or, in this case, mitochondria energy with this electrodermal screening, then you can be ready for anything because your mitochondria in every organ will give you the message that something is wrong. 
something is stressed, something is weakened, something's not in balance. And so that's one of the things that I can recommend, along with some of the blood work that I rec that we talked about before, and especially the symptoms. I mean, you can go online or you can search on my website, and I'll I'll send you even some of the uh, symptoms, the symptomology for the ten the ten nutrients that uh, that are tested and are able to determine whether you uh, whether you have these particular deficiencies or not. There's whole books. There's a whole book on just nutritional deficiencies based on symptoms. And so this is a really fascinating area. And I think we're probably going to come back to it more uh, in the future. I think we have to wrap up today's program. All right. Well, we have three. We have four sponsors that we're going to feature today. Uh, the first one is Southern Trust Financial Planning. And Mark Wolf is the CEO there. And I've been working with Mark Wolf and his his family and his colleagues for about 20 years, and they're really into wellness. They they do workshops with our company, and uh, they sponsor our program and send blasts out to everybody. Not only on their email blast, but in their Facebook. And so we're getting messages all the time from people wanting to join us on Facebook. And so Southern Trust Financial, really good uh, sponsor for our program. Another one is Don Baker. Don's the CEO of Paddock Pools. And Paddock Pools is really uh, a, a forward-thinking pool company because they have this vacuum extractor that actually allows any, uh, any, any pool to have all the chlorine gas or 95% of the chlorine gas taken off of the surface of the pool, which gives you more oxygenated water to breathe. These, this chlorine gas actually depletes your body of zinc and uh, depletion of zinc can lead to depletion of vitamin D3, which can lead to cancer. And so this is really important to swimming pools that have this extractor on it. Now, uh, Don Baker is working on a way to uh, clean up our water system. And so he's been working on some technologies that are similar to the vacuum extractor to clean up community water systems that aren't really working as they should be. And so he's a forward thinker to be sure, and that's Paddock Pools in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Dan Hansen is the uh, chief uh, contact for me in uh, DHA Labs in Chicago. And DHA Labs is a really progressive uh, testing company with the most advanced uh, genetic tests and uh, blood tests and uh, urine tests. I mean, uh, if you're a small or medium-sized company or you're an individual and you want to have some really advanced testing done, they started about 50 years ago with advanced brain testing. And uh, I have about six panels that I've developed, and they're all on uh, his website. And uh, we actually, can, people can order them on our website as well. So DHA Labs, just a really progressive testing company. And they're also working with our artificial intelligence platform to make sure all the information that's possible is added to the evaluation in this artificial intelligence platform that we have. And finally, MPB Health is a medical cost sharing company and rod maxim is the ceo there and they're doing things a little bit differently than insurance insurance pays you first uh, regardless of what your experience is and so you may be spending a lot of money for your health insurance but then uh, it's not being really utilized by you and so medical cost sharing systems bring together groups of people who want to be healthy and then when an experience actually happens, then they share the expenses 
And so they're all motivated to kind of not get, get, get ill and to motivated to uh, do those things that are healthy around their diet and detoxification and testing. And so MPB Health, you can find them online. They have videos and you can find out a little bit more about them. If you look into them, you'll see that the cost compared to insurance is about 30 to 50% less than conventional health insurance. And so the cost of insurance is going way up. Deductibles are getting much, much higher. And so they have a reasonable deductible, they have lower premiums, and they have better coverage. And so MPB Health is uh, a really becoming a preferred provider uh, for people who want to have something other than traditional health insurance. So thanks for today's program, and thanks for everybody for listening. I hope you learned something today that's useful to you. And Aubrey, we'll see you in the next program. All right, bye.